Hey, Islanders, and welcome to the first ever bonus episode of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to the general manager and one of the owners of Tapped Public House on Camino Island. Please welcome Brian Radford. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, it's Brandon with the Camino Voice. And today I'm here with one of the owners and the general manager of the new restaurant on Camino Island, Tapped. Welcome, Brian Radford. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so before we jump into everything, tell us a little bit about uh, Brian. Uh, well, absolutely. Thanks for that question, man. Uh, first and foremost, uh, man, I am a, a husband of, of just recently 13 years to my wife, Anna. Congratulations. Thank you very much, man. Uh, and I've got two young kids at home as well. Uh, my son, Marshall, three and a half. Uh, years old, and my daughter Emerson, one and a half years old. So uh, they're quite the pair, man. And, and uh, that's really, I think, the uh, when you, you ask who Brian Radford is, I, I think that's kind of the, the starting piece there. Yeah, for sure. And you are also recently um, an Islander now, right? Thank goodness, man. I tell you <laughs> what, uh, everybody born and raised in, in the Seattle area, kind of south of Seattle, uh, and a few times in my life have uh, moved out to other areas. And for some reason, uh, we always uh, come back to the Pacific Northwest area. Um, but I have always just really enjoyed the outskirts. And, and uh, I've been looking forward to get out of Seattle for quite a while. And uh, Camino Island is the perfect landing spot for us. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you here. Well, thank you. Um, actually, I want to jump off script real quick and ask you, so over the time, if you've grown up and, and everything in Seattle, what, how have you seen that evolve and change over that, that time period? Boy, well, uh, I mean, uh, you keep thinking it can't grow any bigger and, and get any more crowded, and it just continues to do that. Uh, and I think there are certainly some some benefits to, to that growth, and we're also seeing, I think, a lot of challenges in the city as well. So, yeah, um, And it's been a unique perspective to especially uh, leave for a couple of years at a time and then come back and, and see those growth. Uh, and I can remember the first time that happened, uh, we, let's see, my wife and I lived in Hawaii for about four years. Uh, in Honolulu, and so we had come back uh, and took a trip into Bellevue, and the amount of cranes yep. uh, that we saw just kind of peeked around, and you looked up and went, oh my goodness, what the heck's going on? And that was really kind of that first boom. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. I, I have like micro version of that with Kameno because uh, I grew up on Kameno. I lived here since 1995. Okay. Um, so like Kameno Plaza, which is just down the road from us, that wasn't built yet. Oh my gosh. Um, so there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of like options to even shop around here. Um, but then, you know, I went to college when I was 17, 18, left, went to Pullman, for a couple of years. And then I lived in like Linden and I did a stint mm. in Charleston. So I've lived away from the area for a while. Uh -huh. Um, and now I've landed in Mount Vernon, but now working here, I come here every day, obviously. So, um, but yeah, it, coming back after those times, it was like Camino changed quite a bit and Stainwood changed. And Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I, I would imagine you're seeing that same kind of exodus and growth, right? That, that folks similar to me are 
everybody's mass exiting the city and, <laughs> and trying to find kind of a calmer, peaceful place. Right, right. Yeah, and we've actually, we have quite a few people that move from Seattle mm-hmm. and they come up here to Camino. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the marketplace being a very central location that people stop and come through, you know, as we talk to our, uh, our customers, like asking where you're from, what brings you here. And there's there's a, a new generation of retirees or people just escaping the city coming out here. So Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> tell us a little bit of your history uh, in the restaurant world. How did you get started? Uh, sure. You know, uh, it was never, ever planned. I think like a lot of people uh, that happens. Um, but I was uh, in high school. I was just looking for a summer job at some point. Uh, and I'll say that restaurants were my, my second job. Uh, my first job was was driving a, uh, a ball pickup cart, if you will, at a driving range. Uh, so I got to drive a little tractor out there where everybody continued to try and, and drive the ball and hit me. Uh, and that lasted for, I think, one summer. I was probably 16 years old. Uh, and I thought it was the coolest thing uh, for probably about three or four weeks. And I was like, oh, man, OK, I'm tired of being everybody's target out here, man. Uh, and I, I recall at a certain moment, uh, the first time a golf ball made it through the cage, didn't hit me, thankfully, but it made it through the cage. And uh, that was about it for me. I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, so restaurants for me, again, it was really kind of a, a lucky thing. A, a very good friend of mine, uh, his dad was the executive chef with uh, the Salties uh, group. And so they've got it right. A couple of restaurants on, on Alki, one down south in Des Moines or Redondo area. Um, and so that was right in my backyard, man. So I was able to, to land a summer job there. Uh, and that was really the, the kickoff of, of what I would become a, a career in the food industry. Um, but at that time, never, ever expected it. So, yeah. So what, what did you, what was your entry position in to that? Yeah, it was working at a, a little, it was almost like a 10 by 10 room. It had wall to wall fryers. It was called the fish bar. Uh, and it was a seasonal place uh, that just simply had a window that opened up to an outside uh, area where folks would walk up. Uh, it had an outside patio for seating, or a lot of people would just take food and, and go down to the beach area. And so um, I got a, a job working in there, but it was the coolest thing because in that time I had no idea what, what scratch food was, right? Um, but from the very first moment, uh, they had me cutting down cod uh, making tartar sauce from scratch, learning to bread fish, all these kinds of things that as we were prepping food and uh, just a young kid going, all right, well, I can learn how to read a recipe and follow a recipe. And and uh, yeah, just really my first experience into that. That's excellent. Yeah, not getting, you know, <laughs> corrupted by some of the big restaurants chains or whatever that just, you know, take stuff out of the freezer, throw it in a fryer or whatever. And yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think there are some real purposes for that in some points, but certainly not what, what I'm necessarily interested in. So, uh, and then through that experience, uh, I got uh, all sorts of different roles that I worked throughout that restaurant. Uh, so um, worked onto the line for a while, became a line cook, looks, learned some expediter positions, uh, worked my way also into some front of house roles and and so throughout about a, a series of, of summers over five years, um, I was really to do almost every, able to do every position within the restaurant. I just kind of got to jump around and try different things. Um, and I also, that's where I got my first uh, management experience as well. I ended up managing that, that fish bar for a couple of seasons. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of look back on that experience and, and I, I quantify it by saying uh, I learned a lot about management at that point, but not necessarily leadership. That was a, an 18, 19 year old kid really trying to figure out how to lead others and, and get them to do what you needed them to do. 
Yeah. So did you have a mentor in that business as you were doing that? You know, not at that time, other than than just a lot of the, the great chefs and sous chefs that were, were in that space uh, and some GMs. So really trying to, to give guidance when you asked or when you needed it. Um, but they also really allowed us to, to have some freedom and, and figure some things out on our own. Uh, and as long as the food tasted good and everything else was going well, then then no one was was uh, looking otherwise. <laughs> so you were doing that over the summers, but you said you were like 18, 19. So you were out of school at that point. Were you going to college? Yeah. So a couple of years. So I, I started, I want to say when I was 17, probably my junior year of high school. So um, really did that summers uh, at that point. And then I did. So I, I heard you say Pullman. I spent a year in Pullman. Oh, very uh, cool. My freshman year. Uh, and it was only a year because I don't oh, think I could no. get out of there fast enough. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> we, we may not dive into those topics at all, um, but I, I certainly at that point, man, I think I was a, a young 18-year-old kid that was certainly not mature enough uh, to go, what is that, five and a half hours across the state, <laughs> uh, join a fraternity, and that's about all I'll say. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I made it through one year, and thankfully, I, I was able to really regroup that year and then transition out from that point on. <laughs> so where did you go after Wazoo then? Uh, so I did. I ended up moving. Let's see. I, I bounced around really quite a bit at the beginning of my college career. Um, so after Pullman, uh, came back home, lived with my parents for the summer and worked at Salty's. Uh, and then at that point, I had decided to move up to Bellingham with some friends. Uh, so we, we got a house on, it was the coolest thing. We thought we were so cool, man. We got a house, we rented on Lake Whatcom. Uh, oh, and, very nice. And so I enrolled at, uh, oh man, I can't even think it's Whatcom community college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent uh, a couple of semesters there and same thing. I just really started to fizzle out. I wasn't, just wasn't sure what I wanted to do was taking classes, but wasn't really engaged. Uh, so I think I spent probably two quarters there and then, and then just left school at that point for another quarter. Uh, worked, ended up trying to go, okay, man, you need to figure this out. What do you want to do? You know you want a degree, but you don't know what it's in. Um, and so uh, I took that opportunity, again, moved home for a summer, uh, and ended up staying at home for a year. So my, my mom, thankfully, said, yeah, you can, can, <laughs> you can stay with me. Uh, and at that point, I enrolled myself in Green River Community College, so down in Auburn. Uh, where I was finally able to complete my, my AA degree uh, and then turn that into a transfer degree. And so then I went back up to Bellingham and enrolled in Western. Uh, and about that point, so all right, that's three years in. I'm, I don't know, what am I, 21 at that point? Uh, and finally, I think I'm, I'm feeling mature enough to be like, all right, dude, <laughs> you, you can figure this out, right? Let's, let's figure out what you want to do, go to school, and really started to enjoy it at that point. So... Um, and in the end, uh, I went with one of my other passions in life, uh, which was was sports and really just kind of the medicine area. So um, I ultimately, I graduated with a degree in exercise science and an emphasis in athletic training. Uh, so throughout that piece, I, I was able to work with a lot of the sports teams uh, at the university and just be involved in, in that kind of aspect. And so uh, really enjoyed that. Yeah. So you, you started out in a totally different field. Absolutely. <laughs> So then how, where did you go from there? You, you graduate with this degree. What happens next? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I mean, I'm feeling pretty proud of myself at that point. It's a summer. I graduated from college. and I'm like, man, the, the world's in front of me. What do I want to do? Uh, and, and 
at that point, I, I just had had these fond memories of Hawaii. Uh, I could recall being a very young kid uh, vacationing there and just really always had this grandiose idea of the island. Uh, and so I had been looking for jobs uh, in Hawaii, and at a certain point, I was able to, to land one. And, and uh, so the story, is, as I tell it, it's maybe partially true, uh, <laughs> but as I tell it, as I, I sold all my belongings, uh, I packed three bags, bought a one-way ticket, uh, and I headed out to paradise, man. Uh, now, the partial truth of that is a lot of my stuff, I think, ended up in an attic uh, <laughs> at the parents' home. But for the most part, I tried to sell about anything I could because I was like, I ain't never coming back. I'm going to Hawaii, and, and that's it. <laughs> so, and at this point, you're still single? Uh, I am. Well, I tell you, I had just uh, really started, uh, we'll call it dating at that point, uh, my now wife. Um, so she was a, a student at Western as well. Um, we met each other through the athletic training there. She uh, was on the crew team, uh, and so she had an injury at some point, and, and we just became friends and got to know one another. Um, she had uh, ended up leaving Western and transferred to the University of Hawaii, uh, and so at that point she had come back for a summer just as I was graduating, and, and so we just kind of developed a friendship at that point, and uh, and continue that on, man. And I, I, it was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh, uh, I knew from a very early on point when I, I met this uh, nice woman that, man, I, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. So Yeah. So you guys, was she still going to college when you, like in, in she, Hawaii? She was. So it was one of those things that lined up. And I'm sure that was a big influence as well as, as my confidence in saying, yeah, Hawaii's where I want to <laughs> be. Um, but I, I really, I had been looking at, at jobs there um, before that relationship even really kind of developed. And so it just really worked out that she was there and, and that's where I wanted to be. And um, so I didn't look back, man. I, I, I bought that one-way ticket, headed out and and the rest is history. Yeah. So you went, you, and you also happened to land on the same island, like, cause there's the, all the different islands. You chose that island. Did you choose that because of where she was or the job or how did yeah, that work out? Mostly for that part, it, it was definitely where the, the jobs are. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, probably the most populated island of Oahu, uh, where, where the main city of Honolulu is. And so the opportunities were there and, and that's also where she happened to be going to school. All right. Very cool. So then you, you were doing that for four years, did you say? Yeah, I was out there for four years. And so I, uh, I um, ultimately ended up working for um, the Starbucks organization um, in Hawaii. At that point, um, um, it was a, a franchisee uh, that ran that out there. And so I, I was able to land a job in, in one of their cafes there. Um, and maybe I should should kick back and say, well, I was going to school in Western is where I also kind of learned coffee a little bit. All right. Um, so learned how to use espresso machines. And, and um, I really learned how to drink coffee right at that point, trying to make sure we've got enough energy for all nighters. But uh, that's really I really kind of honed that skill and became a barista and worked that. And so it was a, an easy transition for me into a, a Starbucks type role. Um, and so ultimately uh, worked for that organization. Uh, and then I switched gears and went to Seattle's Best Coffee, um, which was also a franchisee in Hawaii. And at that time, those two companies were still separate. Um, and then quite uh, just after, maybe a year after I started with Seattle's Best is when the transition came in. So where they came back under the umbrella of Starbucks. Um, right. but, so I became a, a regional manager for them and, and was managing six different locations 
throughout the Hawaii area. Uh, and some of the cool ones, man, were uh, also had a, a big contract on the Navy bases. So um, ran a couple of, of cafes on Pearl Harbor and a, a couple of other locations. Oh, that very area. cool. It was pretty neat, yeah. Yeah. So so I guess I misunderstood, not misunderstood, but I didn't realize. So when you got a job out there, it wasn't with your degree. It was continuing on. It was, yeah. Starbucks. Okay. Yep. Very cool. So then... Um, so then you, you spent your four years there working among Starbucks and Seattle's best. And then, then you come back to the, the West coast. How, how did that transition open up? Yeah. You know, over time and, and that was back probably, uh, I don't know, something like 2006, 2007. Uh, and over time, Anna had graduated from, from UH, uh, and we were just looking at Hawaii and going, okay, man, this is such an expensive place to live. Are we ever going to be able to buy a house? Uh, and at that time, you know, grandparents were getting older, nieces and nephews were being born. And so it was just a natural draw to say, okay, we think it's probably time that we, we want to head back to Seattle. And were you married at this point then? Uh, we were. We okay. were. I think we, we got married in 2006. Yeah. Okay. And I should rephrase that. I don't think that. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> So then you you moved back um, for family and reasons. Did you what? Where did you move back into? Like job wise, location? Yeah. So so we moved into uh, back into the Seattle area, uh, and Anna's parents were kind enough to uh, take us in and, and let us stay with them for a little while as we figured out really what we wanted to do at that point. Um, so she had a, a she had gotten her degree in architecture, um, and so she was the first to land a job at a, a firm over in Bellevue. Uh, and so she did that, and, and their uh, main contract was Costco. Um, and so she kind of worked on, on building big box retail and Costco stores and, and doing a lot of that work. Um, and so that's when, over time, I ended up taking a role with uh, the Nordstrom, um, ultimately the restaurant division, but it's restaurant and specialty coffee. Um, and so I started with them as like a second assistant manager in one of their cafes. Um, and I think I lasted, I don't know, maybe three months, four months, something <laughs> like that. And, you know, just going from from a, a regional position where I was used to bouncing around to different stores and a high level of responsibility to and a second assistant manager was like, OK, I'm going stir crazy in this little this little box, man. Uh, and so I, I ultimately ended up leaving for a short time because it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I'd been kicking around the idea of getting back into restaurants um, because still just overall, the, the theme throughout my life has just been, you know, food and relationships through food and beverage and just that engagement and dynamic mm -hmm. environment. And so um, thankfully, I, I got a call, I don't know, maybe three, four weeks after I had left. Um, from a, a store manager that I had had a good relationship with, and they were trying to find different roles to keep me within Nordstrom, and and a restaurant gig opened up, and they said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, hey, yeah, I think that may be what I want to do. So I, I went in, and, and uh, I, I got the job, and the very next day I was running shifts and, and kind of not looking back at that point. And so that started what was would become a 10-year uh, career with Nordstrom Restaurants. Wow. So one of the things that I thought was interesting is I don't, like most people, I think when they think of Nordstrom, they think of Nordstrom, like the store, the department store Oh, totally. or, or Nordstrom rack, but like, like I didn't even know they actually like had this restaurant division. Yeah. Is it widespread? It, it certainly is. And I would say it was the same thing for me. You know, I, 
Um, growing up, I didn't do a whole lot of shopping at Nordstrom aside from probably shoes. I think it was a special occasion where we'd get to go in two or three times a year and, and pick out a pair of shoes. Um, but same thing, man. I had no idea that, that they had a food program or even specialty coffee. Uh, and ultimately, I think what I figured out is, is as a male, uh, most of the, those departments were on the very first level and a lot of their restaurants are up into you know floor two or floor three, something like that. And so um, I had no clue, but the answer to your question is, yeah, it's a really big organization. Uh, they've got over over 100 outlets around the U.S., um, very, very big program. And, and that is where I really started to, to hone my craft in food. Um, so did you have um, a lot of freedom in that role as far as within your restaurant? Or did, then did they, um, did, was there t- like, uh, like, professional training that helped you kind of along that path? Yeah, a little bit of both. I think what I really enjoyed the most out of that organization is there are some pieces where it made sense, uh, where they are are definitely have a a corporate style environment when we talk about, you know, restaurants and food service. Uh, So things in in terms of being systems oriented and and their training programs and leadership development and all those kinds of pieces. Um, But they also really brought a balance to the table and, and uh, allowed kind of a, a, a some ownership and some entrepreneurship from their their managers and their chefs throughout units, and so um, you really felt like you had an ability to to make that business your own uh, and build it. And so that was really kind of a good feeling. You didn't feel like you 100% had to follow ABC the entire way. Yeah. Well, and I want to circle back to something you talked about earlier. On um, is this? Did you learn a, a you mentioned earlier the difference between management and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, was Nordstrom a big part in in that kind of development as well? Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. I, I, I think the the statement, and I'm copying this from from somebody else within Nordstrom at some point. But you know, I got my bachelor's degree from Western. Uh, and I got my my master's degree in leadership from Nordstrom. Um, that's just really where where I learned the skills, not only in in terms of customer service, but uh, in employee engagement and and just um, really building relationships with with everybody involved in what you do. Yeah, and so if if you can, how do you define the difference between just being a manager and being a leader? Yeah, for sure. Uh, in my point of view, you know, manager is really looking at, at getting some tasks done. They've got a list of things that they need to accomplish, uh, and they're they have a, an overall sense of responsibility for a piece. Um, leadership, I, I think, is that that next level where you're really starting to um, not only engage people but be. Um, take care of your primary responsibilities in the management piece, but then grow the people around you. Um, so make a difference in, in your employees' lives, making a difference in your customers' lives, being involved in the community, um, just really kind of taking that piece to a next level. Yeah, no, that's that's very good. Yeah, that's definitely a, a piece that I'm trying to work on. And mm-hmm. um, I, think, I think a lot of people need to be aware of that difference. Absolutely. So... Um, all right. So you, you left Nordstrom after 10 years. Where did you go after that? Uh, yeah, well, what I, and I should tell you, so part of, of my time with Nordstrom was not only managing restaurants around the Seattle area, um, but I, I took an opportunity and I moved to Salt Lake City with them uh, somewhere around 2012 uh, and opened a new restaurant and concept for them. There was a project um, called City Creek Center. Uh, and so I did that. And, and so at that time, it was just Anna and I. So we, we moved 
uh, to Utah and really started to explore that state. Had a fantastic time, man. It was a great experience. Um, and so I did that for two years, and then we took an opportunity. Her, her parents uh, had moved on to their sailboat full-time uh, and, and had taken it down to Mexico. And so for the longest time, they had been planning this, this trip called the Pacific Puddle Jump, uh, where where they, you sail your boat from from Mexico to French Polynesia. There's a there's a couple of different launch points down the U.S., Mexico, and South America, uh, and everybody kind of rallies on the other end in French Polynesia. So uh, we managed to to look at our lives and line some things up, and and it was just a perfect timing that I said, all right, um, I'm ending this gig at, at Nordstrom. Uh, we don't have kids at this point. We had two dogs. We needed some people to watch, but we lined it up so that we we both quit our jobs and and we hopped down to Mexico onto the boat with our parents and and did that trip. And so, wow, um, that was about a four four month sailing expedition, uh, which was one of the coolest experiences uh, of my life for sure. That. That's amazing. That so, must have been. It's also very testing to see how well you like your in-laws. But isn't, isn't that the truth, right? For four people on a forty-eight foot uh, sailboat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, uh, yeah. Thankfully, we had lived together for a short period of time prior, uh, and I'll say, man, I, I couldn't couldn't have asked for for a better uh, set of in-laws for sure. Um, so there was some confidence there. Yeah. And, uh, so that was a great trip, man. So we did that, uh, and then came back into the Seattle area. Uh, and at a certain point at this point in our lives, um, we had this grand plan that we wanted to, uh, we wanted to hit five different cities in five years around the U S we wanted to experience some different parts of, of the country. So I think we were going to kick it off in like Austin, Texas. Um, we had Charleston, South Carolina on, on the list. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah. Charleston. Is yeah. That right? we, we did a seven month stint over there. Yeah. Man. And, and at that time it was right. The food scene was really just starting to boom. Yeah. This was about 2014 in Charleston. And so I really had my sights set there. Um, Asheville, North Carolina was on yes. the list. Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I feel like I'm missing one somewhere in there, but you kind of get the yeah. idea. We were going to start south and go up the, the eastern seaboard. Um, and then uh, as life happens, as it always does, things change. We had been in Seattle. We stayed. Uh, we were camping out with Anna's grandmother. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, not only did Anna get an opportunity for a job in Seattle that she really wanted, uh, but it really kind of became obvious her grandmother, I think, was in her late 80s at that point that she really kind of needed some help. And so um, in the moment, we decided that, okay, it's our, our opportunity and our time to stay. Uh, and so we ended up staying and, and pretty much kind of caretaking for her grandmother for a while. Um, and so at that point, uh, I was looking around at some other restaurants. And, and in the end, I ended up going back with Nordstrom uh, just because really that was kind of where my family was. And mm -hmm. so um, I ended up going back with them and spent two more years before at that point uh, I left. So um, I left in, in 2017 uh, to go to work for an organization called Fair Start down in Seattle. All right. So um, I, I had never heard of this organization. What is Fair Start? Yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a legit organization of, of probably the most group of, of passionate uh, and caring people that I've ever met. Um, but it's an, a nonprofit organization uh, that teaches um, both front of house skills and culinary skills to folks that come from disadvantaged pasts. Um, so things like homelessness, um, uh, coming from drug and alcohol addiction, incarceration, things like that. Uh, and we do that. It's a social enterprise model. Um, so they primarily do that through running businesses and, and providing on-the-job training. Well, that's, that's very cool. So how did you get connected with them? 
Uh, you know, I had started working with them when I was with Nordstrom. Um, they've got a, a pretty good program where you can become kind of restaurant partners. And so um, ultimately um, had gone through and, and provided uh, an opportunity to do mock interviews with some of their students. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll bring in uh, folks from, from the industry and around the community to come in and, and allow their students to have practice interview sessions so that when they actually go out and do look for a job, uh, they've got a little bit of that skill behind them and they, they're comfortable with what that situation's going to be like. So um, I had participated in, in some of those um, opportunities as well as hired some of their graduates. Um, and, and I just remember the first time I, I walked in that building, man, I, I got a tour, kind of started talking to people and went, all right, these guys are, they're legit for sure. They know what they're doing and they've got a great program before, um, behind them. Uh, and just had this sense of feeling that, that said, okay, I really want to work with this group. So yeah. kept so, an eye out for some opportunities and sure enough, something started to, to pop up soon. And so I jumped at it. Right. So what was your role in the company during, or the organization? Yeah. So I, I hired on as a, a general manager for a new full service restaurant and bar that they were opening in South Lake Union um, at that time. Um, in fact, when I uh, interviewed for the job, I couldn't even, they couldn't even tell me where it was or what the role was. Um, and that's because it was at that time kind of on, on under an NDA with Amazon. Um, but Amazon uh, had given them a, a pretty much a big grant um, to help uh, with this facility and get it up and running. And so um, I signed on to, to lead that group. So it was a pretty awesome experience. Very cool. So then you did that for a couple of years then? Yeah, roughly about two and a half years uh, that I spent with Fair Start. Uh, and, and the only thing that took me away from there was, was all of a sudden, uh, an opportunity jumped in my lap, uh, for this cool little location, uh, in, on Camino Island, man. <laughs> very cool. Yes. We're very excited to talk about this. So, um, first of all, you, you're one of the owners, but you're not the solo owner of Tapped. That is correct. So then how did you meet the other, the other, uh, partners? Yeah, for sure. So, so one of my partners I've got a long history with in the, the restaurant industry, uh, he and I had worked together for, for roughly about 10 years time. Uh, and, and not only is he just a good friend, but kind of was a, a big time mentor to me throughout my career. Uh, so somebody that, that just, you know, started in that role as a mentor, a mentor and turned into a friend and, and just kept in touch. And so, um, yeah, that's one. And the other one uh, was uh, primarily associated with us through kind of the a community and, and soccer organization. Um, so, Very yeah, cool. that rounds out the group. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I also enjoy soccer, so I'm actually going to play this afternoon. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> Once you guys are get rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. Once we got that menu dialed in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So let's get let, uh, get into tap. So, um, uh, so what are what's kind of a the what's the most exciting prospect of starting tapped? You know, I think it's it's the opportunity to interact and connect with the the community of Camino Island. Um, we had, uh, so the partners, uh, had all been working on, on a concept for a while and we're really, uh, we knew we were focused on, on North of Seattle. Um, but we were looking more kind of in the Muckleteo area, um, and just through a series of, of different prospects, some things had fell through and, uh, had the opportunity, unfortunately, when, when Naked City Brewing went out of business, uh, we knew that the, that location was there. And so I had an opportunity to drive up and, and take a look and, uh, uh, just the very first moment, man, that I walked into the space and, and 
uh, I saw the outside patio and, and the courtyard that you guys have, that big grassy circle. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really just spoke to me with what a, what a fantastic opportunity and a, a you know, just a great environment to, to be able to start a business. Right. Right. Yeah. No, we're, we're, I know the, the entire community is extremely excited for tap to get open. Yeah. Um, that's probably my most asked question. Um, before it was tapped, it was, the question was, is anyone coming into the naked city space? <laughs> and then when they find, found out like there's movement in there, someone's doing something, then, you know, everyone asked me as soon as they see me, they're like, what's going on in there? So, um, we're, we're really excited to get you guys open. And, and I love it, man. There, so. there have been no shortage of, of people stopping by to, to say hi or peeking in the window or anything. And, and we really welcome that, man. It's, it's, Hey, come on in, come see what we're doing. And, and we're invited, really excited to, to share this with you. Yeah. So, so give us a, a small sampling of, of what you have planned for the menu. I know that this, this will change as, as things evolve, but what do you, what is kind of your, your vision for it right now? You know, it certainly can. And, and I'll tell you, I've worked a lot in my past in, in terms of trying to do some, some branding with organizations and, and especially when it comes to restaurants and, and to food, I think the number one question that, that everyone likes to ask is, well, what kind of food are you going to serve? Right. Uh, and, and from my point of view, unless you're, you're, uh, one of those cuisines that comes from a really historical or cultural type place, and I'll just throw out Italian style cuisine, for example, right? You can say I'm an Italian restaurant and everybody goes, oh, okay, great. I know what that means. Um, a lot of places in what you're finding now, right, is, is the label is either American or new American. And I continue, if I say I'm a new American restaurant, is that going to really tell you anything about what I'm about or, or what we're doing? Um, in my mind, it, it gives me the license to do anything we want to do um, without kind of fringing on one of those those historical cultural pieces. So um, anyway, I'm working to, to rebrand that a little bit. And so the way that I'm describing it to most people is a Northwest craft and scratch style food. Um, and I think that that speaks a little bit more. So um, you're going to find uh, your typical pub style pieces of, of a burger for sure. Um, and then we wanted to fold in uh, some different pieces that we felt really made sense, uh, not only in Northwest, but also this community. So um, we're going to give Dungeness Crab a, a good look on the menu for sure, um, as well as fish and chips was just a no-brainer. And, and a, a, I'll call it, right, a, a New England, but um, a Northwest-style cream uh, seafood chowder. Yeah, no, those are definitely, mm. like, within the marketplace, we get so many people coming through and... Yeah, that's one of the biggest questions. Like, where do you get seafood on the island? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, there's not many options. Well, the first thing I see when I, I drive into the, the Camino Commons complex is the big crab on the sign, right? And we kept going, all right, where's the crab around here? Who has crab? <laughs> and nobody has crab. Uh, obviously, I'm sure it's because of the price point. Uh, but nonetheless, man, it, it's such a fantastic uh, opportunity for us to do. So um, we're going to do that. Uh, but I will tell you, I, I've, I think, and especially to launch, we're going to keep it pretty simple. Um, so you're going to find that it's going to be some burger sandwiches. But we're going to round that out with some really well-thought-out entree-style salads. Um, and I think that's going to be a difference maker for, for us in this community. Right. Yeah. And, and really, um, I mean, one of the things we've missed this summer is just that patio not being full and having people. And I mean, it just brings Absolutely. the energy. Um, it's very central within Camino Commons. Um, and just when that's full, everyone else feels mm. more full. Maybe nothing else really changes, but it feels that energy is is something you can't really quantify. Yeah, I think so. I, I can really see that and feel that. So I'm excited to get it open. 
Yeah. All right. Well, um, so normally I end the podcast off with some rapid fire questions. Um, <laughs> so, um, but you know, you've, you're pretty new to the Island, but we'll, we'll kind of just see where you're at and see if you've gotten a chance to explore. So, All right. um, <clears throat> thus far, have you kind of found a lesser known or favorite location on Camino that maybe you and your family like to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love, I love that. I, I can see where these questions are going for sure. And, and let me, uh, let me preface this by saying you were right. I'm new to the Island. Um, I, I did a lot in the, in the area between Seattle and Bellingham, but not a whole lot of time on Camino. So uh, my family and I uh, moved up here full time about three weeks ago. Um, I really first started taking trips up here beginning of June when we took possession of the space and started to get it get it um, put together. Um, but I, I so I live in the Livingston Bay community. Uh, which is about a, what, a four-minute drive. Um, so I'm very well-versed between that area and <laughs> Camino Commons, and, and I haven't done a whole lot from there. But how about this? It's, it is certainly not lesser known, um, but I had a great experience just down at Kama Beach um, State Park. Um, happened to go when a, a monk seal was up on the beach, and so just got to experience that with some rangers and, and talk through that scenario. And yeah. just, just kind of a cool spot. So it's very, um, very. We're neat. we're an outdoorsy type of family, uh, and so I can't <clears throat> wait to to go on some trails in the hills and the parks and and really start to explore the 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 water areas and some other pieces. Yeah, the Camino State Park has a great amount of hikes and stuff throughout it. Um, and the one that I still haven't gone out to yet, but uh, Barnum Point is one that consistently, as I've been asking this question, people have mentioned Barnum Point. Oh, right um, on. It's newer. It's a little bit southern on the island, but it's a great hike, I guess. Okay. It kind of goes along a bluff. So with kids, just be careful. But yeah. um, so I need to get out there. So <laughs> That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So for sure. Um, all right. So then if you had a friend coming from out of town visiting this community or this area, what would their first day look like? Uh, boy, kind of like we just talked about, I, I think we'd probably start with a, a coffee at your place uh, and then head on out to to experience some of the outdoor parks. So um, now I'm going to take your reference and say Barnum Point uh, <laughs> is where we'd probably start. Um, I, I hear, um, I don't even know, you'll probably have to correct me with the name, but there, there's a, a gas station halfway down the island that supposedly has some really great food as well. Um, so we, we'd probably make a stop there, hit a state park and, uh, I don't know, maybe finish up on Iverson beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that's kind of a cool place so far about the only other place besides my house that I've seen, uh, <laughs> that I've hopped out and, and just gotten a good glimpse of the sand and the sun and the water. Right. And then, and then you could finish off with a dinner at tapped. I think we'd finish off with a dinner at tapped. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll say a, a chef's table dinner for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and maybe you don't have someone specifically in this community, but maybe even locally. Um, who is the most inter interesting person in this community that I should interview next? Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know about interviewing next. This might be. But I, I have to tell you, man, your, your dad was somebody that uh, I really connected with right away. Uh, I really loved his energy, his vision, you know, and his experience, um, not only in business, but it just in this community. And um, he was also kind of a big draw of said, okay, I think this is a, a really good spot and a good experience. So I'm sure you've probably interviewed him many, many times throughout your life. 
Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll say that's probably the most interesting so far. Yeah, no, I've, I've really, I, he actually was my first interview for the podcast and I was just getting started and trying to figure out interviewing and stuff. So (laughs) interview wise, it wasn't the greatest on my part. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's like, what he's done in this community is, is really neat. Um, it's been neat to just be able to be part of that, um, throughout my growing up. Right on. Um, all right. Lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you drive on Camino Island, what would it say? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be self-serving on this one, <laughs> so I'm going to try really hard, even though I can tell you, right, my, my mind has almost been 99% tapped uh, <laughs> for, for the last how many weeks. Um, man, what would it say? Um, uh, that's a great question. We might have to stay tuned oh, for right. that one, Sounds right? Sounds good. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, as you as you get to learn the island more and stuff, you know, I've had uh, I've had a wide ranging answer to that question. Yeah. Um, some people have. Uh, one of our guests mentioned that um, there was a sign out for a while, just one of those small picket signs, and um, it was all it said was very simply it said "You matter," um, and it was it was for some like uh, suicide assistance stuff on that side. Um, but just in general, like knowing that there's a lot of people that feel lost and stuff like that and like letting them know, like you matter, like you're not just another cog on the wheel or, right. you know, and, um, and then, you know, have very Island specific ones of like the Camino Island is known as the easy Island. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, had a, a wide range of, of answers to that. I so. can believe it. How about this? I, I'm going to attempt to be creative here, and this is not my strong suit at all. Uh, but one of the one of the things I had heard recently, and I, this definitely has has really become true with Anna and I as as uh, we've grown to become parents, and and we're starting to maybe recover from a lack of sleep. Um, no guarantees there yet, <laughs> um, but maybe. But uh, one of the things I had heard was was uh, the days are long, uh, the days are, I'll oh, see now I'm not even going to be able to say it correctly. Cause now I'm on the spot, everybody. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How does that go? Uh, the days are long. The years are short, short. Yes. Uh, so I think my billboard, if I could say Island life in general, I'm going to switch that up. Uh, does that work? Yeah. Does that work? Say it for me. What would that sound like? Huh. <laughs> now you flipped. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm going to make you be creative. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it didn't work, Kamano. We'll, we'll keep working on that. Stay tuned. Uh, I'll do a podcast with Brandon the next time he invites me, uh, and, and we'll have a better billboard for sure. Um, All right. Um, so, okay, I'm going to be self-serving. Eat it tapped. Perfect. Yeah. Or tapped opening soon. There you go. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And Islanders, I will talk to you next time. Well, a big thank you to Brian Radford for joining us on the Camino Voice. And thank you for listening. Be sure to stop by Tapped, grab a beer, hang out, eat some good food. Say hi to Brian. We're really excited to have him at Camino Commons. And we're really excited to get Tapped underway. So be sure to show your support to them. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And for more information on this episode or previous episodes, be sure to go to KamenoCommons.com slash podcast. That's KamenoCommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.